Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza with another edition of the Your Life, Your Terms show. And today we are bringing back Dr. Peter Angarilli. I hope I'm not butchering his last name. Dr. Pete's a great guy. He came on and shared some of his chiropractic professions, the ins and outs of the chiropractic profession on episode number one. We got a lot of positive feedback from that. So really thank you for that. And I didn't realize what we were dipping our toe into. Apparently there's a lot of critics of the chiropractic profession as well. So we're bringing Dr. Pete on to talk, to go deeper um, in what we discussed on the first episode with him and uh, to address some of the things that came up from different people who approached me and said, hey, you know, here's some questions I have for chiropractors. So we tackle both things on this episode. Really have fun talking to Dr. Pete. He's a great guy. He's super passionate about his profession. And I, you know, since Nick dragged me to the gym about five years ago and now I go pretty regularly, I don't think without kind of regular chiropractic care, I could keep going as much as I've been going. So um, I don't have any clinical data around the improvements in my body, except there is a little bit of, you know, he did take an x-ray of my spine when I started going and now, and I can see a difference. So there is a little bit of data, I guess I have on myself. Um, and uh, our whole family goes. My son is doing a bit of a, a short summer internship here before we go. It's a super short summer internship yeah. before we go to Europe. And uh, he plays rep soccer. And we drag you there. And you get adjusted as well. And yep. you seem to... Are you just? Are we just dragging you yeah, there no, and forcing no. you? Or do you like it? No, I feel like it's good when he adjusts me. I feel good afterwards. I feel like... I don't know. I feel free. And sometimes I feel like I need to get adjusted after. Um, you, after games, stuff like that. And then when I go, I feel feel ready to go yeah because you've mentioned after a game sometimes you feel like you could yeah. use an adjustment your back your yeah no neck. when he adjusts me i feel better afterwards yeah awesome so uh okay so before we get on to the show remember if you want, are looking for any real estate related information at all the best place to go to is rockstarinnercircle.com and we have three different digital books that we give away for free we sell those books on amazon by the way but you can get free digital copies of our books at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books um our income for life book is it might be one of the most downloaded books on real estate in Canada, I don't know how to actually prove that statement, but it's been downloaded tens of thousands of times at this point. And um, you can get that Income for Life book, the digital copy. It sells on Amazon for $24. You can get a free digital copy of that book at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. And also on that website, you can get to our blog, our videos. You can sign up for the monthly class that we put on here where Nick and I are here. You can ask us any questions when you come out to that class. So all the real estate information that we can think of and put together is available on rockstarinnercircle.com. So with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Dr. Pete, we are live. Is this wow. exciting? This is really exciting. You're, you might be the first person we brought back for a second time. Oh, I, I'm honored to be here. I looked, I really, when we discussed about doing it again, I've been looking forward to it for the oh, past cool. few months. Uh, I love coming on here and chatting with you. I got it. I commented on your shirt right when I saw you. And luckily we have the video for people to That is a great shirt. shirt. I don't, you, you it's, did not have, this is a brand new look for you. Is this a yeah. summer look? This is a summer look. Yeah. I'm, I got the white pants on yeah. just to be yeah. I, I you know stand and you have out the camo shoes that are matching your camo backpack that's yeah somewhere can around I, here I don't yeah no you those. can't see oh my gosh Anyways. there's camo on the yeah, bottom camo of the on shoes the bottom. 
I had a last night I was doing talk at my office and there, and I put up my YouTube channel on the big screen and there was a 10-year-old girl there and she looks at the you know it's, it outlays your first kind of rows of videos. She goes, "Why are you wearing the same shirt in three or four of those videos?" Like, "Oh my oh, gosh." Oh no, I'm so I got to go shopping. I got to go buy some more shirts, but uh, anyway, no, that's how it works. I mean, I think I wore the same three or four T-shirts. At one point, somebody in our office and other people went out of their way to proactively email me saying, Tom, you're wearing the same T-shirt in your little rock star minutes that you do for weeks and weeks in a row. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much about right. That's the <laughs> I have the same well, T-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, well, whether you shot a couple of videos in a day or that's a comfortable yeah, shirt. Yeah, I think it was more a comfortable it? shirt. I just yeah, kept wearing well. it. <laughs> All right, but uh, anyway, we have a, a you know you can't see this. We're doing this I need on one video. Of those shirts. I need one. I need one of those so I yeah. can wear it at the office and yeah, show it off. Yeah, it's it's uh, so if you're listening to this, we are doing a video podcast today as well. But the shirt says Y L Y T. It's our box logo, new Your Life, Your Terms T-shirt, it. and uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback. Nick designed the T-shirt with Alex's help. Did you actually do that? Nick just mentioned it, and you did the design. Yeah, Okay, Alex isn't mic'd up, so you can't hear him, but Alex is controlling the videos now, and is he's the brains behind our video podcast operation here. Fantastic. But, uh, okay, so I want to ask you uh, a, qu- a question since you were on last time, is that I noticed in the chiropractic profession, it seems like there is much more sensitivity to talking about certain issues than I ever had any idea about. Because after we did that, I had a lot of professionals in your field, uh, people who are physiotherapists, other chiropractors, um, various health professionals, kind of pull me aside and say, wow, that Dr. Pete seemed really confident and he knew what he was talking about. I would, you know, I wouldn't really uh, feel comfortable talking about in the public about some of the things he talked about. Why is the chiropractic profession like I thought the real estate profession was kind of maybe a little crazy, but it feels like your industry has this thing where some people don't want to talk about what they believe in and they just talk about it like in hushed tones and whispers and that kind of stuff. Do you find that? I, yeah, I could think of a couple of reasons for that. Um, partly, you know, for some uh, practicing, you know, I, I meet people, uh, I've been in practice for 12 going on 13 years. Um, so, and I, of course have, um, people who are, I know that have been in the profession longer, um, students, new graduates, and, um, for a lot of chiropractors, they may, you know, the school, it, you have to, it's a complex issue, but the schooling process, you do university, then you go to chiropractic college, which is a four-year program. So a lot of the learning in chiropractic colleges, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, um, diagnosis, things that, you know, how do we, and, and that's to prepare you to pass these board exams, same as what happened in medicine or dentistry. So a lot of the learning in chiropractic school is not, here's how we package this person in four years into a great practitioner. It's more, here's how we load you up with this stuff. You pass your exams and okay, off you go. But then you're responsible to have knowledge at your fingertips to answer questions, to, to, answer questions from patients and understand what you're doing to have confidence with that. So one of the things that I feel is really important for me is if a patient asks me a question, I want to have uh, a, a really well-researched answer to be confident in what I'm telling them and confident in what I'm offering for them. But the other side of that is that in our profession, you have, um, you know, getting a chiropractic degree enables you to basically practice, um, you know, there's, there's a range of practice types out there. So we have some chiropractors who may not adjust the spine as 
crazy as that may sound, they might do more of like a therapy or a gym type of thing because that's either what they know or what they prefer or where they see their value. Um, and so you get a lot of diversity in the profession, which I don't know is necessarily a bad thing, but it can be confusing for a consumer coming in and saying, well, I, uh, you know, I actually had yesterday a patient was in the office and she said to me uh, in front of, we, as you know, I have an open adjusting area. So there's some other people waiting and they heard and she says out loud, Dr. Pete, you're the fifth chiropractor I've been to. And finally now on the fifth try, I'm starting, I'm getting results with my chiropractic care. So I don't really know. She saw four other so, chiropractors. I don't know what they were doing to her. Were they adjusting her? Were they doing therapies? Were they giving her nutritional advice? I don't know. So the school doesn't teach you how to do adjustments? <clears throat> no, the school does teach adjustments, but you have to, you know, again, you, the school gives you the minimum, which is a lot. It's four years. It's so many thousands of hours. But, I mean, you can graduate and be good enough to put your hands on someone and make a, a spine move, but to become excellent at it, you've got to, practice and of course the longer you're in practice the better you get at knowing where to adjust when to adjust why to adjust you know how to deal with different uh people which we can get into a little bit more later but they certainly do teach that but are there some chiropractors that come out of school and go into sort of a sports type practice and do minimal adjusting there are for for whatever reasons they have for that whether they they feel that's the best value for patients or they never really got proficient at adjust i can't really answer there's different there's many different stories out there. It's not one umbrella, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you went into, you know, a medical profession, it is more homogene- homogeneity mm-hmm. with the practitioners, how they how they look. So that's just kind of one of the, it is a challenge yeah, in I'm the profession. I'm trying to think, why is that in the medical profession? It's because the medical profession, I guess, you know, I come to you with like an acute problem, typically. Yeah. I'm all congested or I'm all... You know, it's very specific, you know, like I have this cut and I need stitches. It's a a specific thing. Maybe it's because in the chiropractic profession, it's kind of like maybe I'm going to adjust you here in the middle of your back, let's say, and you'll feel better with something else. Um, I'm going to, you know, with any healthcare profession and it's medicine, chiropractic, there is an element of there's the science, there's the art. So the art is, you know, okay, how do I take what I know from research, from science, from clinically, and put that into this person in front of me who um, is not, you know, the person in front of you is not necessarily the person that's in the research project or in the research paper because they're more complicated. I would say to you, though, I was reading last night in prep for this, and I was reading an article in Scientific American, and they were talking about in medicine, because a lot of times chiropractic will be, we, we, we get, when I put stuff out on social media, I will get feedback like, no, this is not, um, not scientific, not evidence-based, not research-based. Yeah, especially so, when you just say it's science and an art. I'm sure that got right. people up just hearing that right there. Yeah, and that's fine. And so what I would say is I, this article I was reading in Scientific American, they talked about that about only 20% of medical practice is falls into the category of, you know, strictly there's appropriate evidence for this. That means 80% of what goes on is well, whatever you want to call it, it might be appropriate care, but it's not evidence-based. People think, you know, it's a science, the science of medicine. If I went to one doctor in Toronto or one doctor in, in, in Vancouver, I would get the same care. But what, what they showed in this study is that they would give, uh, they would take medical doctors and give them a, <clears throat> a scenario, like a clinical scenario, and they got different answers as how to manage it. They also, which was really cool, is they took these doctors and said, here's the scenario, how would you manage this patient? They went two years later 
and asked those doctors, how would you manage this, this patient? And something like 40% of them were doing different things. Totally. So it's an art. And I know that's maybe. No, I think I, in North America, people don't specifically don't like that. to hear that. No, of course. That it's an art. Yeah. But around the world, I would say even in Europe, definitely in Asia, there's more that it's, an, uh, it's, it's a science and an art kind yeah. of approach to different professions right. for sure. North America is very science oriented. I need the data, but I agree a hundred percent with what you just said on the fact that things change. What people believe as fact today tends to change just like so those doctors true. just yeah. said what you were believing because you know, I, I remember growing up when people had allergies you used to take just allergy tests. You know, they would do those skin tests on you um, to see what you were yep. allergic to and all different kind of stuff. And it was like, oh, you're definitely allergic to this. Today, when you talk about allergies to people, you might go to a naturopathic doctor, for example. He might be working on your gut lining. Right. Like he might be working on, hey, your intestinal wall is a little weak. And because of that, you have these allergic symptoms to whatever. Whereas 10 years ago, no one was treating it that way and everybody or not. I, I shouldn't say this. I'm not a medical doctor, but I felt like it was fact that you were allergic to this end of story and right. you had to take yeah. these drugs and that was fact. And anyone who challenged that was challenging science yes. and you were told you were a fool. Whereas today in 2018, I really feel based on my own body that if I do things to affect my digestive system and my intestinal wall, I do have a different allergic reaction to different foods and things can be improved by improving something in my digestive system. Whereas I would have been laughed out of the room 20, yeah. tw 10 years ago, 20, 25 years ago. So things that are perceived as fact today can be mis I guess disproven or unproven 10 years from now. Am, yes. am I making any, is and, this and fall? Or, and, and certain, <clears throat> certain ideas or trends, yeah, they fall out of favor sometimes because they're proven to be dangerous or ineffective sometimes because you know also healthcare evolves uh based on how society evolves right so um you know i i i've done so much of this you know reading this article and they talked about it was really in the 30s i feel and like 40s. you did bring a lot of science i brought a lot of stuff there are a lot, lot of, it, of articles here yeah but in the 30s and 40s that's where the <clears throat> that's where the uh local family doctor concept got started which was that okay we're gonna we're gonna put this person through schooling they're going to become educated um medicine is regulated and now we've got this family doctor that's going to be the person that you go to with any health question right and now and, and what we're what we're shifting to now is i mean that is changing because <clears throat> people want to be they they part of them likes the idea of going to the expert who will just tell them what to do or what not to do but then there's part of them that goes you know i can see there's so much information and I read this and I saw this and I had a friend that tried this and I want to have some freedom to choose the healthcare that's appropriate for me and I think that's the thing I'm most passionate about is not for someone to have to go to a chiropractor or have to go to a medical doctor but make do your own <clears throat> you know go with what you feel is right for you make some of your own choices and make choices that feel appropriate for you so if you feel like the best way to manage your condition is through medication great if you feel like the best way to stay healthy is by seeing a chiropractor regularly based on your life experience, that's great. We want freedom of choice here rather than dogmatic, top-down, you know, listen to the authorities. Because the reality, as you say, is what the authorities said was good for us 20 or 50 years ago has reversed now. And, oh my gosh, what, what I'm... Go ahead. Why do you think in your profession it seems hard to come up with actual data 
that you can put, you can stuff in someone's face and say, well, look, as of today, here's the data that we have. I know if you see a chiropractor and make these adjustments, you'll have these kinds of results. Do you find that's a challenge in the chiropractic profession to present to people? I find like when I ask people, you know, it it seems like a missing little hole in the profession, no? So to to get, um, and again, this is not, I would say this is still also a challenge in regular medical care. Um, doing research is it takes time it takes vast amounts of money um, and you need people and bodies to do it with that is challenging and so from a resource standpoint you know in the medical profession if you've got the pharmaceutical industry backing research with millions yeah, and millions okay. of dollars to do proper they, they clinical do studies more, yeah well yeah arguably and now there's problems with that as sure. well but yeah. so for instance though like i mean just one thing um, that, that I wanted to, to bring up because we, as I love the fact time, that you prepared for this. I feel some, like and it's real... actual paper. Yes. So, you know, yeah, paper this research. Is, yeah, yeah. this is, um, cause people will, you know, okay. So this is from, this is a study done by the Rand corporation, which is a giant research body in California. And they looked at, um, um, manipulation. So adjusting and mobilization for cr- treating chronic low back pain. This is a systematic review, so I don't want to get too boring with the research stuff, but this is where they take hundreds of research articles and then come up with a conclusion, right? So there has been research on chiropractic and back pain, and the conclusion by these researchers, and again, and they don't have a particular bias towards, for or against, but um, they came up with that there is, um, you know, moderate quality evidence that manipulation and mobilization are likely to reduce pain and improve function for patients with chronic low back pain and manipulation, which chiropractic adjusting, produces a larger effect than mobilization. Both therapies appear safe. So where is the research on one topic, which is chiropractic and low back pain? Right here. So this is a collection of many research studies saying, okay, adjusting is better than, mobilization is when you kind of um, passively push on a Got it. So you're not actually adjusting. Adjusting the is spine. when we make that move, and there's a click. There's an audible release as the spine moves. So there's the adjustment. Now the adjustment has actually very different neurological effects. Why is than that? Mobilization. Because when we make an adjustment, so there's an impulse into the spine with some speed. We discharge a very certain population of nerve receptors in the joints of the spine, which activates many um, physiological processes that are of a positive nature uh, locally at that part of the spine and through nerve signaling up to the brain it changes global body function that's how i i have to admit when you when i get a a really good i mean the adjustments you give me are really good but every once in a while it's like super good right and the adjustment you just feel like a million dollars that's why for me it's weird to me that people don't or they see no benefit of it i can feel okay the difference in in and I guess that's just hard to put data around. It's not It's not that but hard to put. It can be done, and it is being done, but it's slow. But you're right in the sense that you have to experience it to decide for yourself, you know, what it is or isn't for you. So we have, we know that, what, you know, why can, because a lot of the, again, I will hear, well, how, you know, this is the stuff I'll see on social media. Well, how are you going to tell me that cracking somebody's back is, affects their digestion? There's no, what the word is from these scientific people is there's no biological plausibility to cracking a back and a change in digestion. I put out a couple of videos last year of people who had irritable bowel colitis type things where they're, you know, um, those are, you know, you know, medical terms, but what does that mean? They have bloating, they have constipation, they have diarrhea, they eat a meal, they got to run to the bathroom in five minutes. We start adjusting them. 
their digestion clears up. And, and you know, how can we explain that? Well, it's actually very biological plausible. So as you know, Tom, we have the spine. Now, what runs through the spine? Our nerves. nerves. Nerves, right? And those nerves control. I feel like, I feel like you're on, you're on a great on, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, 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 you're doing what fine. You're doing great. just fine. I got, I got Alex in my corner with Google. He's going to check it out. Yeah, But as a human being, and you know, as a human being, the main system that you are and that controls you is your neurology, your brain, your spinal cord, and your nerves. And it's two-way communication. There's signals going from the brain to control the functions of your body, your heart, your lungs, your stomach. There's signals coming back to the nervous, the spinal cord and the brain to know, okay, we have to adjust the blood pressure in this individual because they just started a CrossFit workout. We need to make an adaptation for that. It's the nervous system that does that. So if the spine is not functioning, if it's out of alignment, if it's not moving properly, if it's irritating nerve receptors in and around the spine, it's going to change the way the nerve system works. If it changes the way the nerve system works, it can change digestion, breathing, cardiovascular, muscular output and function, uh, immune function. Basically, every system in the body can be affected by a change in the nerve system. That's the biological plausibility. And, and so if somebody does not want to understand that, well, I can... You can bring them there, and if they don't want to accept yeah. that, well, is it, so it, be it. Is it like nutrition, though? Like I've learned over the years that like a diet that's going to work for me won't work for somebody else. You know, we're different biology. The no. diet's going to be right. different. Is this similar to that? Because like I, I, I would think some people are going to hear you say, oh, well, you know, Dr. Pete's saying if you adjust it, it's going to help colitis. Yeah. But like will it help some people maybe and not other people? It's going to have a varied effect. But because obviously like if we have – so if I have a patient that they have an inflammatory bowel disorder, okay? So they eat food, they get pain in the stomach, they get bloating, maybe they get constipation, maybe they get diarrhea. Spinal irritation that's affecting the inflammation in their gastrointestinal tract, the blood flow to the gastrointestinal tract is a factor, right? So, and for some people it might be the dominant factor. For other people, it may be a lesser factor, but still a factor. So we don't, and that's why we never, I never tell patients, you know, we guarantee this, we're going to, you know, cure you because, okay, we found, if we found a problem in your spine and you have a digestive problem and we correct your spine, you may there have may a, be a correlation may be of some sort. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. and a lot of times there is. And so people come, to, I guess because I came to you with such maybe, I don't know if my stuff's simple. It's just like, I just want to be in good health and I feel, I feel better. It allows me to jump around a little bit more, run around a little bit yeah. more, go do my crazy. Uh, I shouldn't say crazy, but I love my CrossFit stuff. Go yeah. do that kind of stuff. Um, and you keep me in order. But some people come to you with these kinds of conditions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like someone so, will come to you with a digestive situation. And, and most typically, I'll tell you what happens. Most typically, someone will come to me and say, because uh, again, let's talk about the detractors are like, oh my gosh, people shouldn't be going to a chiropractor if they have... Um, irritable bowel yeah, or Crohn's, exactly. right? Yep. It is exceedingly, I don't think it's ever happened to me that somebody came to me and said, I have a digestive problem, find out what I have and fix me. What they say to me is, Dr. Pete, I've been to, you know, I've been to my doctor, I've been to my gastroenterologist, I've had these tests, I've been diagnosed with such and such, I am or am not on medication, I, I heard about what you do and, and think that chiropractic might be able to help me. They never come asking for a cure. They never come asking for me to be their sole provider. Usually they say to me, you know, I have a digestive problem, plus I have headaches, plus I don't sleep well. I think part of this is in my spine. Can you can you look me. at me and help me? And and we do. And then again, you know, I'm not 
um, again, to be really clear, there's a there's a dividing line between medicine and chiropractic. I'm not telling people to go off medication, go on medication, get surgery, don't get surgery. Those are their choices they discuss with their doctor. I care for their spine. When we do that, because they, I don't force them, they choose that, then they see the results of that, and usually they're very happy with how their body, once they experience it. And and I know yeah. you were you were you wanted to talk about placebo because what about placebo? You know, and yeah. How does that factor? Yeah. Into so all let me. This? Yeah. So let me. I just want to explain the reason I brought that up before we started recording here is I, I was mentioning to Doctor Pete that I really f- have been feeling good since how long have I been going to see you now? A couple. I think a almost year and a half. Two years. Almost two years. I think I think it was the summer of. 2016 something like that okay yeah okay so almost two years and i was i was mentioning to dr pete i don't even know if it's a placebo at this point anymore because i continue to go and someone was just asking me um why do you you know why are you going back and i was using i was actually using this analogy with someone else as well on a different subject um around uh going to see a doctor but I, I, but I remember saying something along the lines of like, you know, when someone's going to, when NASA, it's not NASA anymore, when Elon Musk is going to launch a, a right. rocket ship into space, it's not like they just launch it and hope that it's operating at optimal performance. You know, there's right. different maintenance checks going on the way. And that's the way I look at chiropractic in my life right now. I look at it as just, I'm hoping to go see someone like yourself with nothing to report. And you're just going to check my spine, make sure everything's in order, maybe make an adjustment here or there. And I'm on my way. And if I can do that, I'll keep coming back, even if I don't have a problem. But I find that's what's the challenging thing for most people because we're all short on time. Um, you know, if everything's feeling good, why would you go back? You just wait for a problem. Um, So I guess I'm kind of meshing two things together, the whole placebo kind of thing and the idea of, to me, the importance of continuing to go. I'm just laughing because I don't have, I don't have data. It's a situation where I don't have data myself to pull out, you know, maybe 30 or 40 years now, this is all going to be working out for me that I continue to go. Or The only way we would know if we had a twin of Tom. Yeah, that'd be the only way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't do that unless we can clone. No, But you know, you bring up such great points because if you look at it now, the, the big distinction there is symptom versus function. So first of all, we can, I think nobody will contest who's listening that you need to have a properly functioning spine and nervous system to be optimally and properly healthy. I think we can all, no matter who you are, if you if you take yeah, someone yeah, and yeah. say, hey, sure. you of know course. what, you're gonna be yeah. healthy if yeah, your yeah, spine yeah. doesn't move. And, and we can all agree with irritated. that. We sure. can all agree on that point. Yeah, yeah. Let's start there. So now there's a point between symptom and loss of function. In other words, changes and abnormal changes in function occur before we get a symptom. Abnormal changes in function may occur months or years before we get a symptom. So let's say you go to the gym every day, you do handstand push-ups. Those handstand push-ups exert a force on your upper back, your upper thoracic spine, a compressive force. There's some micro trauma to those tissues. And as your body adapts to that, it lays in some adhesion, some scar tissue, which causes lack of motion, lack of proper motion, it locks up those upper thoracic vertebra. As that process as is occurring over the years as you go to the gym, you're not having any symptoms. But as the, now here's something that's so important. If we immobilize any joint in the body, whether it's a knee joint or a spinal joint, that starts the process of degeneration. 
So immobilization, lack of normal movement, leads to, over time, degeneration. Degeneration is what are those kind of things? Well, discs wear out. Joints cartilage um, breaks down. We get calcium infiltrating into joints and ligaments. So you're saying by not moving them and not keeping joints mobile, it they, leads it's to a degeneration. Degener- it's a progressive thing. So but by you could the time, overuse them as well, no? Uh, in what? In I what? don't know. I'm going to Well, do overuse a, would be a, another type of injury. Yeah. And then okay. your body's... Okay, so that's the two extremes. Yeah, I guess. Extremes. So, um, Causing the same issue. But it might issue. lead to the Causing same Causing the same thing. issue. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's this middle ground where you're optimal. Well, so sorry, go well, on. Optimal is is functional, right? That means yeah. things okay. are working the way okay. they're supposed to. Yeah, so yeah. if we get now, if your spine has been immobilized, now you're starting to get some degeneration there. And then one day you go to the gym and because your spine isn't moving properly, you go to do a deadlift or a, uh, a clean and the non-moving spine puts too much force through your shoulder and you tear your rotator cuff or you injure your rotator cuff or even you injure your back. You think, today at the gym, I did something and I injured myself. Not being aware that the dysfunction was happening months and years before the actual symptom. So this is, with chiropractic, we, would, we offer people hey, come in every week, every two weeks. I'm going to check how your spine is functioning. And if I pick up something that needs to be corrected, I'm going to adjust that before it becomes, or we keep you healthy, we keep you mobile, which is steering you away from degeneration. For those of us that are 30, 40, 50, that's critical because that means that the, nor- the I don't want to say normal, that's not the right word, but the aging process, now we're changing the direction of that. By keeping your spine moving, you're aging in a different way less quickly, less likely to end up with problems. Another analogy, Tom, is dentistry, right? We all know that when do we start taking our kids to the dentist? Pretty early. Right, three or four years old. Why don't you wait until your kid is 20 and has an abscessed sore tooth? Okay, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. critical because... So then if this is the case, then why, why does everybody get so up in arms when I'll mention to people, I don't know, there's a concept called a subluxation. Yep. And to me, my interpretation of it is the spot, my spine's not, you know, aligned all nicely. Yeah. And um, it's probably in my benefit of correcting that. Just that statement alone is enough to throw people into uproar, I find. Yeah. Well, I think, like if I that's think, the you know, case, if we can just agree that a, 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 an aligned spine is a well operating spine, allowing the nervous system to operate. That's it. Why is the concept of a subluxation so, I feel like it's controversial. Do you feel that too, or is that just me? I don't. Again, I have through experience. Okay, school, yeah. So research, you don't. I've yeah. totally satisfied myself May, to the fact that it's, my life is better when my spine and nervous system is working properly. And I've seen now thousands and thousands of patients. But you know where I'm coming from, right? You mentioned subluxation, I, I do, and yeah. there's, I feel like the people in the media, the, not yeah. people. That's too vague. Some journalists, right. some people who write different blog posts and yeah. stuff will really critique on that specific point. And to me, I just, I always kind of just scratch my head because I'm thinking, I don't know, an optimally, my spine that's in an optimal position is probably in a better state than if it's somewhat subluxated. Yeah. I wonder if there are, argument, I, should pull, the, I should pull this up. I don't know if their argument is that it's impossible to have a subluxated, uh, subluxated spine. Is that what some of these guys I think, talk so, about? You know, the, 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 I'll look the this up so that is, we can yeah, talk I about mean, it. We can, the argument is, you know, some people say, well, oh, you know, a bone goes out of place and puts pressure on a nerve. Well, that doesn't happen. And it's true that a lot of times that's not going on, but a loss of movement in the spine, a degenerative change to the spine, in some cases there are compressive effects. If a, if a joint in the spine gets inflamed, 
and it's irritating a nerve root. There are actual compressive things, but very often there are sp there are irritations in a non-moving or misaligned spine, which are creating neurological changes, which are creating health changes. That's just, to me, absolutely basic science. You can look at it and understand it. If somebody doesn't want, a lot of times the critiques like we'll see out there are people are claiming to cure things yeah, by got it. cracking the back, which is ridiculous. We're not curing anything. We're keeping a healthy spine, which allows for a healthy body. Or they're saying because somebody is going to go to a chiropractor and have these subluxations corrected, they're going to defer um, proper or needed medical care. Oh, got which, it. Again, so it's eliminating. It's, it's like, oh, you're going to go to, yeah, well, in some cases it's eliminating the need or they're saying, oh, well, you're going to take your child to the chiropractor, then you're not going to take them to the pediatrician okay, and have I can, an ear infection, I which again, it, I, it's such a, I, I've never, if I have a patient bring their kid to me to be adjusted and that kid is looking unwell and I'm concerned I, and the parent's concerned, I'm like, get that kid to the emergency room, yeah, the got pediatrician, it. whatever, because there's, they can coexist. They're different things. I'm okay. not treating disease. I'm not looking for you to, you know, bring me someone who's really sick and I'm going to try to, you know, rescue them from that. They need their medical care short term, mm -hmm. long term health. We need to be now, I guess, you know, there are some times where, you know, a patient will come in and they have a dramatic health change after being adjusted. And that's very exciting. But I'm not I'm not suggesting or really nobody in the profession is suggesting, oh, just do that and don't go for medical care when it's needed. Got it. Okay. And, and if someone's making that claim, I could see how journalists in the media would hop all over that. The, Got straw, it. I mean, okay. the problem is nobody's really making that claim, but then a uh, someone, someone will go will online say and say, oh, this is what they're doing, but we're not doing that. So Got there, it. it's a, wow. you, know, you know, I thought the real estate industry was just full yeah. of madness. I love the fact that there's another industry that's just as crazy yeah, as the yeah. real estate oh, industry. And, and I, I want to touch on a couple of things because where a lot of that, you know, you the, love this stuff. I love it. And, 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 you know, <laughs> um, but the reason I love it is what it can do for you, what it can do for your family to make life better for you, to make life more comfortable for yeah. you, so for you to avoid the need for, you know, if we can do something to, to steer you away from the need for drugs and surgery, that's awesome. If I can do something for you right now and correct your spine and your pelvis so that your hip doesn't degenerate and you don't need hip surgery 10 years from now and you can keep doing CrossFit, don't you want that? Yeah, totally. That's, that's huge. so valuable. And if you can do something to overcome your debilitating migraine headaches that don't allow you to play with your kids when you get home at night, that's fantastic. Someone said a very uh, like uneducated or undocumented statement that I had even less education to respond with. So I'll throw right. it out to you. As someone said, Tom, don't you think, because I was kind of just saying, yeah, I go to a chiropractor. I like him. And they were saying, well, just think about it, Tom. If you are getting your back or neck adjusted and you hear those popping sounds on the yep. adjustments, if you're doing that once a week for your whole life or, you know, 52 times a year over a period of 10 years, that obviously can't be very good for you. And I really had no comeback because I don't actually actually right. know what's going on with those sounds that you hear. Okay, so when we the, when we adjust, do you I'll, get that? Do you get that statement? Um, I don't get that typically okay. because again, I think I talked about this in the first podcast. But when someone comes to the office, we educate them on their exam and we educate them in a report of findings that kind of addresses all of this. So stuff. I forgot but, the education. No, I'm no, not, yeah, I, I, we, yeah. But I mean, remember, remember too, we're taking a spine that's abnormal to normal. We're not doing something like. We're, we're, if you okay. came in, if so, a baby came in or a kid came in and I examined them 
and their spine was moving perfectly and their soft tissues were perfect. Yeah, there's tolerant. nothing to do. Okay, bring them back in a while. I'll check them again after they've okay. lived more life. We don't really see that. And again, today we live in a really interesting time when we have, as you know, with our kids, you got nine and 10-year-old kids swinging a bat or shooting a hockey stick all the same way thousands and thousands of times per year or per month that are putting all these stresses on their body, right? So, but um, to, to swing it around and basically, you know, it's a it's a something to keep your, your body functioning well, similar to so exercise. So it's a corrective measure and the sound itself isn't a negative okay. thing. So when we, when we push on a spine and there's a click and there's a pop, what that is is the release of gas. There's the spine has joints, synovial joints. Those are like a fluid-filled joint. Okay, so if we, I'm going to do it. You'll hear it on the microphone. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was the sound. Yeah, that, that was a good that one. Really good. That was a good one. So it I just, I just pulled my. want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the release of, uh, uh, of, um, of gas as the joint gaps is what makes the sound. Now this is me doing this to my finger. That's not an adjustment. Because an adjustment is targeted to an area of the spine that is losing its mobility. When you come in, I don't adjust every one of your vertebrae. I adjust maybe one or two in the neck if they need it, maybe one or two in the mid-back, maybe one in the lower back or pelvis. So there's an exam, a palpation exam. How's the spine moving today? Ah, he's blocked here. Often, if you notice, when I palpate one that is blocked, what do you feel or what do you say to me? immediately it you feels feel it. different. Yeah. Not because only does it feel different, sometimes you'll make an adjustment in the middle of my back and my upper back or neck will start moving a little looser. Right, because the spine is part of a kinematic chain that goes from basically the skull all the way down to the foot. And if anywhere in that chain is loses its proper mobility or changes its mobility, the whole chain is affected. That's how, you know, um, we can make an adjustment in the neck and someone's... I had a patient right now who has what would you know, classically be termed sciatica, pain in the lower back down the leg. Um, I And by the way, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not, when we start a new person under care, there's a few week period where I'm learning how to work with that person. How do I, where do I need to adjust them? How do I best adjust them? But this patient, I adjusted, I found a blockage, a, a subluxation, if I can use the term, in her neck. I adjusted her neck. She got up in, in a seated position. She got up off the chair and said, oh my gosh, my leg is like 90% better. Oh my gosh. Now, how do we explain that? He does something up here and her leg pain immediately goes away. Well, there's two biological mechanisms. One is that making the adjustment changes the whole the way the whole chain functions. But the other is when we make an adjustment um, into the spine, especially when there's a, it's called a high velocity, low amplitude adjustment, there's a popping sound. We get a tremendous barrage from those spinal nerve receptors of proprioception into the nervous system. And proprioception into the nervous system, it, it has a pain dampening effect. It releases endorphins, so it creates a feeling of well-being. So there are, and this is all, this, all of this stuff is ongoing being researched in our profession. But we make an adjustment, we're changing literally spinal cord and brain function to, towards the normal, the normal way, which people can interpret and feel as, oh, I feel better. We also can change this nervous system from this we talked about last time sympathetic nervous system which is a fight or flight parasympathetic is the rest or digest as a human being if you want to be your healthiest you want to be more of the time in parasympathetic than sympathetic right you don't want to be stressed out all the time that's obvious mm -hmm. but a workout is a workout activates the sympathetic nervous system or a deadline at at your job activates the sympathetic nervous system so 
when you're resting, when you're meditating, when you're going for a gentle walk in nature. And when you get that chiropractic adjustment, we're shifting you over into the parasympathetic. I can see, though, just kind of, you know, hearing us talk about it, how it'd be easy to critique it because it just sounds like... And I believe you, like the yep. adjustment in that patient's neck, the person that you uh, made an yep. adjustment there, and then they had like 90%, you know, uh, better they, feeling. They, which they told me, right? Yeah, I no, agreed, yeah. agreed. I could just see how people, it's just easy to pick on, you know, oh, when yeah. you hear it. You like, know, I get it, like, yeah. I, and, and I can see that. Um, that particular person, though, I guess just their muscle memory of being out of place for so long, it's probably going to pull that neck back into that position. So that's Very, where you're kind of working on it over time. Right. right. Um, so the, and how long have they been a patient? Of, uh, that's a new patient. Yeah, okay. Right? But that's so what you're trying to achieve? The new, time, not, new muscle right. memory? Or, um, or spinal partly, position, partly, I guess? Yeah. I mean, the nervous system um, adapts to um, repetition. So a nervous system that's been behaving a certain way is going to take perhaps months to change that neurological patterning. Also, we're changing as we continue to make a spine move that's not... So when we have an immobilized part of the spine, part of the vertebral subluxation complex, shortened calcified ligaments, um, you know, damaged cartilage, um, tight muscles. Well, as we continue to make that spine move, then it's going to adapt. The ligament is going to become more elastic. The joints may, as it's getting, as we make that joint move and fluid comes into the joint, the joint is going to have less inflammation in it. So those things happen over time, exactly the same time as you're working out. So if I, you know, if I said to you, because people say, well, why do you have to go to chiropractor for six months or a year to get these changes? I don't understand it. Can't they put the bone back in? Well, that's not how it works. We've got to change the function, which is the same as fitness. So if I said to you, hey, Tom, come to my gym. We're going to do a set of bicep curls. And tomorrow you're going to have an inch added to your bicep. Yeah, and it's what would done. you say? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me but up. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, work yeah, that yeah, way. But yeah. if you work out three times a week for six months, for 12 months, the body adapts. Mm -hmm. So as we continue to adjust someone, and that's why patients will report, you know, gosh, you know, after the first month, my headaches were a bit better. Now, six months into care, my, uh, my blood pressure is coming yeah, down. Yeah, got or it. My, or my whatever's changing. And yeah. again, Sorry, you go ahead. No, the place I'm coming from on it just personally is I just want to be fit for a long time. I'm right. actually never looking as much as we can joke about the bicep stuff. I don't actually even care. Like yeah. I have no concern on the size of my arm, legs. I just want to feel good right. for a very long time. Right. So the reason I go to the gym and come to see someone like yourself, I just want to have a mobile body. That's yes, strong yes. for a long time. And I think some of this came from when I was reading, when I first had my serious digestive issues where I went to the hospital and they couldn't figure out. I told you about this, you right? Did. I went to the hospital, yeah. they couldn't figure it out. I changed my diet and that kind of uh, got everything going. I read all these different books about just longevity and stuff. And a lot of it was if you, as you age, if you can keep some muscle mass on you for longer, it's better because a lot of injuries as people get older are, you know, they trip and fall and break something and then they don't have the muscle mass to like, or just the muscle to, uh, you know, withstand that, to withstand that. Right. And to me going to the gym, coming to see someone like yourself is just keeping me in this optimal position. I understand to most people, this may, maybe sounds ridiculous and like I have too much time on my hands, but it's the truth of what I believe. No, <laughs> you more and more people today see life is evolving, right? So what was, what was sort of the standard of life 50 years ago sure. is not yeah, appropriate yeah. anymore, right? Because yeah. again, 50, I talk about the dentistry. 50 years ago, nobody took their kids to the dentist because it was a luxury and you only you didn't want to spend money on that and blah, blah, blah. And now everybody, dentist it's like a standard. Braces. You have dentist to, if you don't braces. do it, yeah, yeah, embraces. And if you don't do it, you're kind of almost like, oh, I'm being negligent yeah, yeah. if I don't do that. 
And you brought up something here. Muscle. Because people talk about muscle and, and that the thing is I got to get a massage for my muscle. I got to get I go on a foam roller for my muscle. Yep. They're targeting yeah, yeah. and they're thinking muscle. Now, muscle only does what a nerve, nerves control muscles. A nerve fiber to a muscle makes it contract or, or that nerve fiber turning off allows it to relax. That is so important to understand. So, and a lot of the nerve system control of muscles comes from the nerve feedback in the joints of the spine. So when you talk about an older person and risk of fall, the biggest factor is these people fall because they start to lose proprioception. So proprioception is a big word. It means feedback from ankles, knees, hips, spine that tells your brain, am I upright? Am I moving over? How do I get my foot above the stair? So when elderly people, as people age, immobility, spine stops moving. A non-moving spine no longer gives proprioception to the brain. When we lose proprioception to the brain, your brain doesn't know where you are in space. That's when a fall happens. That's so critical to understand. So you're wanting to stay, you're right, mobility is the key. Because a moving spine is giving proprioception to the brain, which will prevent you from falling, will also allow your brain to calculate which sequence of muscles in my rotator cuff need to contract in order for me to perform this overhead press. How much percentage of output do I need to navigate this bench press? It's so critical. So if we lose the feedback, the brain is making decisions with not all the information, and that's when injury happens. So we want to get out, and this is why athletes use chiropractic. It's they funny because I thing. always see athletes using chiropractic. Yeah, it's not because they have sciatica. Yeah. It's not because they have migraine headaches. It'd be Hopefully interesting not. to know how many professional athletes, like in the NBA as a whole, use chiropractors. Just yeah, as most teams have a chiropractor and or their well on staff or the a lot of these really elite people have their own personal sure. ones that they yeah. that they see. But um, that's t- takes us again. Why do I want to share this with people? Because your life, I believe, with this information, if you get adjusted regularly to keep your spine functioning, you're going to get live better. You're going to live longer. You're going to be able to do the things you love for for much longer in your life. Um, We don't know the limits of what's possible with human beings. As we care for ourselves better, I believe what we're going to see in the next 20, 30, 40 years is people living to 80, 90, 100 doing the Healthy and fit. Healthy and fit that we haven't seen before. You know, uh, I was listening to, I forget who was speaking on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was talking about some of the stem cell stuff they're doing in Panama where American doctors, did we talk about, I think we talked about this briefly maybe? maybe briefly. Okay, in Panama where American doctors, because they don't want to lose their license in the U.S., are going to a place like Panama, and if somebody has like a, um, I think it was, I think it was Joe Rogan himself went to this one doctor in Vegas, but now the guy's in Panama. I might not have the facts straight on that, but uh, he went to the guy, or he operates now in Panama, and if you have a shoulder problem, he's injecting certain stem cells into the shoulder, and it's being able to heal the shoulder without surgery. And when yep. the, with this stuff evolving at the speed it seems to be evolving, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a whole bunch of us living pretty healthy at 90, which sounds crazy, but at like 90. Yeah. But, uh, and, and maybe beyond. You know, Dave, I don't know if you know, do you know who Dave Asprey is? I don't, I don't He's know a biohacker. He plays around with all this different stuff to kind of yeah. hack his biology. Yeah. And I was listening. I hadn't l- heard his podcast in some time. And just recently I turned it on again. And he made this comment that, he thinks he might be able to live. I, I can't even say it, but to 180. Yeah. And uh, I, I because you know he's trying to 
I think he injected some stem cells in his face recently and stuff. Anyway, he's wow. the, he's the extreme case, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see if some people our age, never mind Alex's age over here, he's going to be going to 120 years old. Think Absolutely. about how Why much not? retirement savings you need for that. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other different. But of course, on but, that but, note, if you're if you're healthy at 80, well, if you're healthy at 80, then you can keep working and. Or working part time and bring in income, right? Like you, a lot of times people no, agreed. The are whole want to retire because uh, they're worn out. Worn out. By and the 50 or agreed. 60. And there's definitely some jobs that you are going to force you into retirement. Some type of physical labor. You're, you know, our father was a drywaller. You can't probably you're not going to be doing drywall with overhead 12 foot drywall sheets. At yeah, I wish I could have adjusted them. I can't. Get uh, what 90 years old? Yeah. But um, yeah, the concept of retirement to me personally is just a foreign idea. Right. Like I don't know. I bring everything back to the village mentality. I'm like, how did people do things when everyone lived in villages? Because that's how I remember my grandparents living over in Croatia. Yeah. And I was like, it's so interesting the way everybody had certain professions and everybody was a specialist in different areas, but had a general knowledge of all things as well to keep the whole uh, thing operating. And uh, Nick just walked in and dropped off a power cord. Now and I lost my train. Something. I'm gonna. I want to pick. I want to tell you a story. So uh, a couple months ago, I brought this chiropractor in to do a seminar at my office. He's 80 years old. Okay, he still practices three days a week in Beverly Hills. He has a pretty busy cool. practice, so he's still well enough. Quite well enough to go. We around. never want you to charge at the Beverly Hills prices. Okay. Oh, keep going. Yeah. Keep yeah going. Well, okay. that's a, yeah, other than uh, that, this yeah. is a fantastic story. But he, so. he um, so he's still practicing and obviously well enough to hop on a plane, come over here, teach two days, eight hour seminar. So he told some, you know, when you have these in chiropractic, we call them old timers, and there's not many of them left. But he has this really cool story because, so his now this is going to be controversial. I'm going to for if you don't like controversy, don't listen. He was 17 years old in the 1950s. He had he ended up with rheumatic fever. You don't know what, what that is, no. but it's a strep infection. You know, you hear about strep yep, throat. Yep. We don't really hear about rheumatic fever anymore because, you know, there's antibiotics for that. But back then, they didn't have these antibiotics. He gets rheumatic fever. Um, he's 17 years old. He can't get out of bed. His joints are swollen. His blood tests are all off, out of whack. Um, the doctor at the time, all they could give him was aspirin. That was available, right? So his dad sees his son going downhill and he says, you know what, I'm calling a chiropractor over to, to see you. And the chiropractor comes in and adjusts him. And like the next day, his joints are, the swelling has gone down by half. He can get out of bed to go to the bathroom and that turns him and he starts to recover. And this guy is so impressed with what happened that he goes on to become a chiropractor. So he has all these stories. So in the old days of chiropractic, uh, I, I, there's a history here. Chiropractic was was not um, like invented. It's not a therapy, right? You go to the gym and someone says, hey, I learned this therapy at a weekend seminar. It's doing this or doing that. Chiropractic isn't that. Chiropractic was discovered in 1895, so over 100 years ago, by a man named D.D. Palmer, who was at that time a healer, and he was pushing on a guy's neck, what we would today call an adjustment, and this guy's hearing was restored. Hmm which is fascinating. What do you so, mean a healer? Because that's going to sound suspicious for so people. So in the 1800s, um, medicine healing oh, okay. was not regulated. Okay, got it. So, so you that could, was the title. You could they hang were... out your thing and say, I'm, I'm a, a healer. I'm a whatever. Okay, right? and got it. Sell snake oil or do whatever got you it. wanted. But this guy, anyway, so that's how chiropractic was founded based on, hey, this guy noticed. And then they started looking in the Gray's Anatomy at the time, which was the anatomy book, right? Oh, there's nerves that run through there. Maybe there's a bone out and I push the bone and it fixes the nerve and the guy's hearing comes. He thought he had the cure for deafness. 
and which it wasn't but so then so chiropractic started to flourish as a profession there were at one time well over 30 chiropractic hospitals in the u.s i know that's gonna blow your mind so and this is in the 1920s and how many and 30s are there and 40s today there are none so i'm gonna i'm gonna explain that but and i brought this big yeah it looks like a very serious book this big yeah, hefty yeah. book here so the so the chiropractors in the 20 now the first spinal x-ray was taken by a chiropractor who bought an x-ray machine and so chiropractic was 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 this flourishing profession in the 20s and 30s and 40s and people were going to chiropractors for who had rheumatic fever who had cancer who had heart disease who had epilepsy either because they went to medicine at the time and medicine couldn't help them and they needed something and they and the chiropractic was coming on the scene so there were chiropractic hospitals where people would by back then by train you know get taken or by ambulance to the hospital they would get adjusted and then they'd be up and they'd be out of the hospital so there were there were these miracles happening and the chiropractors at that time were some of them were like we got to figure out you know exactly how this is working right so this is a book full of um a, one of the biggest clinics was in um of all places davenport iowa where there is a chiropractic school today and and they had thousands of case histories so this book is all these cases of people with every disease you can think of it looks like a very official it's, a, it's yeah, not yeah, it's yeah. not but the point is and it's not it's not like randomized clinical trial but it's just to tell you that they were observing when we do something to the spine what happens to this person okay what happens to this person and the theory back then was there's a bone out we push the the bone back in it takes the pressure off the spinal cord and the person gets well okay so we're more we're more sophisticated now in how that sure, works yeah, yeah, but better the relationship has been recognized so um but the relationship was recognized 2000 years ago hippocrates said look to the spine for the cause of disease native americans um, knew that if they hammered on someone's spine who was sick, they might get well. Did I they? Have, That's fascinating. They knew that. I have patients, uh, Tom, from West Indies and East Indies, okay. who when they first came to a chiropractor and they watched me adjust someone, they said, oh my gosh, there's a little old lady in my village who when I was a kid, if you were sick, you'd go to and she would crack your spine and that would be you would get well so the connection between spine and illness and spine and health has been known for thousands of years the profession started over 100 years ago because that became more known and this this 80 year old chiropractor told us a story this is the last story but he said um in 1918 so 100 years ago which is hard for us to imagine in 1918 there was a great worldwide flu epidemic there was a very bad flu many people were getting sick and dying of this flu worldwide and what the chiropractors in 1918 said to their patients was come in get adjusted three times a day and that's going to help you right so these patients three went times in, a day yeah three times a day now i'll explain why that works but they got these people got adjusted and it looked like again there's no research paper to back this up but it looked like these people were less likely to get sick with the flu less likely to be very ill or die from the flu so what the patients did in Ontario, this is what my chiropractor who did the seminar who, who, from the, you know, who, who went to school in the 50s said was the patients marched on the government at the time and said you have to regulate these chiropractors and make them a profession because what they do is really valuable because at the time chiropractic was not a licensed profession. And that's when medicine was getting going and going, hey, we're going to shut down all these things that aren't under our Got control. It. Okay. So these patients marched on the government and said you have to 
um, not persecute these chiropractors and give them their rightful place. And that's when the Drugless Practitioners Act in Ontario was established, 1918, to say this is a legitimate profession. Chiropractic is not a therapy. It's not a treatment. It's a profession that for over 100 years has recognized the correlation between spine and health and spine and disease. And so he was telling the story because none of us have heard that. And oh my gosh, what an exciting story. And we know now, we didn't know back then that when we make an adjustment to the spine, it influences immune system. There's an immediate burst of increased immune system cell okay, so activity you're, measurable from the blood after an so adjustment. So you're thinking just the, the history of this profession, the fact that it was a, a deemed a drugless profession, yeah. just doesn't... Because it didn't want to compete with yeah, medicine. Yeah, yeah, got it. it. Do and, and got it. And it's not in medicine's best interest then to support it either because you sell right. less medicine. Right. So just the birth of the whole industry is just yeah. kind of puts itself in a opposition to today's medicine, which is sure. about taking pills for everything. Yep. Yeah, got it. So it's, and, 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 you're uh, set up to fight them over the neck. Yeah, and there might so, be a perception change. So what? Yeah, and and it is it's happening at the at the person person level when yeah, someone yeah. says, "Well, you know, yeah, I having a want, pod, I, I think having a podcast episode like this and just talking about right. this stuff didn't happen probably ten years ago. You know, yeah. this this uh, forums like this are opportunities to get this kind of message out and let everybody conclude for themselves. Like, I don't think you're here to persuade everybody to 100% no. believe in what you're saying. It's no. it's more, and that's kind of our message too. It's our message about real estate too. And everything we do, it's like, hey, we don't have all the answers. We believe in a few things because they've worked for us. Yep. It might be worth exploring to check Explore out, to see it. if it works for you. And I think that's the place you're coming from as well. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. Explore it, try it out for yourself and see, you know, if you feel like, again, if you feel attracted to this information, wow, I, my health isn't as good. I have this problem or that problem. Maybe my spine's related. Maybe this could help me. Check it out. If you feel like, ah, I don't need that. It's not for me. Of course. Why would you do anything? And, and I just want to go back to that point on the village that when I, when Nick walked in, I lost my train of thought there uh, temporarily. The, the whole, we were talking about retirement. The whole idea of retirement bothers me. Yeah. Because I didn't know, like it bothers me because first of all, I think, you know, when the retirement age was set at 65, the average life of a male then anyway was 67 or 68. So the idea was you're going to work to two or three years yeah, before you pass away. And that was that. Um, in the village that I observed operating, and I've told you the story on how poor my father's side and our mother's side of the family was as well in Scotland, but our father's side, extremely poor. No running water, no washrooms. The house that they lived in that I went to as a kid only had three walls. My friends who had been there just laugh at it. Not many have been there with me. They're like, Tom, you realize it's in it's in the side of basically a rock hill. And yeah. you know, there's a wall at the back and there's a wall on the sides, but the front of the house is exposed to the elements. And it's just the bedrooms that have these big old wooden doors with huge keys and stuff like that. But people in that village they were they they worked until they passed away yeah like yeah. my grandfather um was working in his 90s riding a horse to the vineyards to work in the vineyards right till he passed away i'm talking till just about a several months that passed away to me the idea of retirement that then you sit around for 10 or 20 years and you're going to be happy it's not in my blood yeah. You know, and maybe that's because Dr. Pete, my sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive and I'm just wired, wired, oh, I'm wired that. that way. Yeah, I know yeah. you're, but well, I, I just mean, I'm not the type of person like I have no goal and yeah. I mean, I want financial freedom. I want, you know, personal security for myself and my family financially, yeah. but I have no goal to just hang it up and stop doing things that I like. So let you me know, ask you a question. I, How do you feel? This is coming up in our house right now because we have these school age kids. How do you feel on Sunday night? 
yeah. thinking about Monday? How do you feel? Do you feel excited or do you feel it, you a know, sense it, of it, dread? It, it, or no, worry? it depends. And I know where you're headed with this. Sometimes I do feel a sense of dread because I know all the things I do. <laughs> but it's less than a sense of dread that I there, had. That's all that you need to say. Yeah, that's a less. When I you was working in the. Right? Co- yeah, absolutely. When I was working, I just had this conversation with somebody just before you got here today. I'm like, in this particular business, we've done nothing for the money. Right. I've, we've right. not started this business, Nick and myself, for the money. We've always told people, hey, we will help you with real estate. We will stay by your side in one way, shape, or form, however much you want of us. For the lifetime and life cycle of your ownership in that real estate, we will be here. Call us with the problems, the successes, anything you want, we'll be here. We're trying to help people build a portfolio, an income stream. And because we help people do that, we do get a commission and we do make money that way, doing that kind of thing. But we're totally not in this for the money. And that in and of itself makes it a very satisfying thing and has kept us going for the last 10 years. If we were That's just awesome. here for the money. So but in my corporate world, in my corporate life, it was all about the money. Every quarter and every yeah. month you had to deliver. And I learned a lot. I'm not I'm not trying to... I, there was amazing people I learned from. Some of my best friends still today come from that world. I learned a ton. I think without me going through that corporate world and interacting with some of the managers and vice presidents and VPs there, I wouldn't be the person that I could be to start this particular business. But I'll tell you, I got sick every month at the end. Right, right. I got sick every month. You know, I don't, I, if I get sick one time in a winter now, it's kind of like, wow, I got sick. Like I generally, generally, even this winter, I don't even know if I got sick a, at all. And so just back to your point on how do you feel Sunday nights, I feel way better because I get to work on things that I, I get to choose and I yeah. get to control as, as opposed to before I felt like I was being controlled yeah. and uh, it just wasn't for me. That was a your long, life, long, your life, your turn. Yeah. <laughs> I, can we say that? We could your life return. I don't know if that was that where you were headed with the Sunday night thing. I don't even well, know. Well, yeah, where you no. Were I was gonna say like, like my kids are like, oh, I'm gonna go to school Monday, right? And I'm like, ooh, I wonder what I'm gonna, what's gonna happen Monday. A patient's gonna walk in and say, Doctor Pete, um, I couldn't get pregnant, and we've started adjusting me. Now I'm pregnant. Or Doctor Pete, my my, you know, I was able to go and and watch my kid play baseball without my back killing me sitting in this. Like I'm so excited, and when when the phone rings. It's you a guys new get pretty excited about this. Yeah, stuff. I, have to, I can't tell you I'm, how excited. I'm is. looking at Alex for validation here. It's not just yeah. me. He's pretty excited. Like it's about the this. most. It's the most fun thing in the world that I get to show up on Monday. People are going to lie down on this table. I'm going to press yeah. a button and in they're going to tell you a story. And, and their their health and their but it's not their health. It's their life that changes, right? Because people don't really. Our chiropractors would tell me this. People don't come because you. They want you to fix their digestion. It's because their digestion is messing up that they can't go out to dinner with their friends or they can't feel comfortable in social settings or their sleep disturbance, you know, they wake up tired. They have their re- they have the physical reasons and there's an always an emotional reason why their health is you know messing yeah, up their totally. life. But to your point, to your to your slogan, your life your terms. You decide where where you work and where you don't work and what you do and what you don't do. And that's what I want for people's health, like not to be Passively going along, and then bam, a health crisis hits. Totally, and they're forced to get chemo, forced to get drugs. But if they could, if we could have done something to steer them away from that income, or perhaps even to defer that income, isn't that so awesome that we could do that for them? And the totally. more people that hear this and have the ability to choose that, their life is better. I think so. Oh. Or yeah. their or their kid can, you know, do better in sports because their kid is getting adjusted and they're not. 
their coordination and their and their output is at a maximal level. Like to me, that's ooh, that's so exciting. I'll record the questions that we get from this podcast so that next time we have you on, I'll be able to hammer it, yeah, we, hammer yeah, you because sure. I'm sure people yeah. are going to come to me and say, "Well, Tom, you let him off easy on this <laughs> thing. You didn't ask him about this, this, and this." Yeah. So if we can make a deal, I'll record these questions that I get, and sure, uh, we'll sure. have you back I, I, on. I, I at will some answer point. anything to the best of my ability. And I don't see myself as the be all end all. No, no, and we're not trying to say know, that either. But you do do a good job explaining these points, and I think it's because you've been in the profession a long time, and um, you know we value you. I, I, I love, I, lo- I like to. You're have putting the answers, yourself, and, and to be right? fair, yes, and to be fair, we do value the fact that you are putting yourself out there because it's it is kind of easy to not come onto something like this and talk about these things because there are going to be those people who have their opinions that are opposed to yours and and make comments. So you know, thank you mm-hmm. for that. Because hey, even if someone listening to this doesn't agree with any of it, at least they're now exposed to this information and they have a bigger base or a, a larger context from which to make decisions in their own life, you know? So really, Absolutely. really value that. So, uh, so having said that, um, where is there anything else to today? We will leave it for now. Oh we'll leave, we'll, we'll say yeah, that because I, mean, I, I feel on, like we got to one uh, of your white papers and then one of the papers. Yeah. yeah I want to say one, uh, one thing on safety because I know, I think did this come up after, or you were thinking about safety or some people have concerns. Yeah. About people safety. have always asked me that. So maybe it came up. So cause some people I, I hear, I put out, I guys, I do a lot of videos on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, YouTube. I'm going to plug myself. Dr. Peter Andrelli on sure, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Check out my channel. Dr. We'll put, Pete uh, we'll put the links on, on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, people will say, oh my gosh, you, you adjust. I saw you adjusting that woman's neck. Isn't it dangerous? Isn't it scary? Um, the one, uh, and I, I never want to do something. We, you know, the, the, the saying in healthcare is first do no harm. Right. So is this, is this, can this thing, can you adjust? People say, oh, you're going to adjust someone's neck. You're going to cause a stroke or damage them. Well, we have a really awesome research paper that was, um, this is a review paper. And I presented this paper. I did a talk to a group of medical doctors and pharmacists and researchers, uh, a couple of months ago, who, by the way, when I showed them this, they were really receptive. Actually, some of them have came in as patients. So I have medical doctors and pharmacists as patients coming cool. to have their subluxations yeah, adjusted. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're they're like they're like I don't understand why the rest of the doctors don't understand this. It's basic. So what biology. was the paper? What was the paper? But the paper is basically that there is no causative link between a neck adjustment and a stroke. In other words, me adjusting because is that a bad neck, rap in the chiropractic profession? That's people, that's out there, yeah, and some okay. people think, oh, could that. I shouldn't go because that could happen to me. I don't want you to think that. The research shows the review of all the research on this topic shows there's no causative link. And what the in the and I have the reference if somebody wants it. And what they said was this is da- this idea is damaging because it's 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 creating situations where people think they should you know they should litigate or they should avoid getting appropriate care because they're worried that a neck adjustment could damage them or cause a stroke and what the conclusion of this research is is that's absolutely not the case you don't have to worry that a neck adjustment is going to cause a stroke but leaving a dysfunction a subluxated neck uncorrected is causing you less health which we can do something about Got so okay. and there's so, and so i didn't realize that was a big thing and having this paper has put um i guess people's minds at ease in their profession well, only if only if they know about it. Yeah, got it. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy is this, time. Is this a new paper that's come out? Uh, the review paper came out, I believe, in 2016. Okay. I better look at the reference just so you guys can be. Um, well, we'll clear we're going to put but, links. Um, um, we're going to put links to your website please, and Alex. February. If we remember, we'll put a link to uh, Dr. Pete's YouTube page as well. 
I'm saying yeah. it to you so that I don't forget myself. I, I from the last time I was here, Tom, I got a lot of uh, f- uh, emails and people coming and saying, you know, um, just like we talked about, I have this or I have that. Maybe you can help me. Maybe chiropractic can help me. Um, you, if you have any questions, please contact yeah, me. Yeah, so I what's the best URL? To, Give out your URL. So the, the website is being redone right now. Maybe that's not the best place to start, but it's clearviewchiropractic.ca. But, so, but clear, clearviewchiropractic.ca will have your contact information on there too, um, right? It doesn't have my new email. Okay, Doc, go ahead. drpeterangirelli at gmail.com. Or you can go to Dr. Peter Angirelli on Facebook and you can message me. You can message on YouTube. You can Instagram message me. Okay, and in the in the notes for this podcast, so at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast, you'll find this episode. This episode is probably going to be episode number 29. Thank you, Alex. So 29. Um, if you click on the link on that page on episode 29, we'll have yeah. the, uh, your email. I'm hesitant to just write out your email there, but we'll have your URL, yeah. your YouTube page, and from those people, I'm sure we'll be able to track. Yeah, I mean, you I don't have a problem with. It's up to you about the email. I don't have. A problem I just know with if it, we put it in plain text, I think you'll be. You might be spammed from bots. Oh, to okay, death. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sure, more sure. a protection thing than. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Yeah. I, I, we would have to put like an image of it up and not actually in the text. Uh, that's a technical yeah. thing. If, by the way, too, guys, like sometimes, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of people. Um, Are you on Instagram yet? Yeah, Dr. Pete Angirelli on Instagram. Dr. Pete Angirelli yeah. on Instagram. Have That's, you seen our Instagram page? I, I, Carol and I were Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. I saw that there. picture. Did that you? Was awesome. I yeah. didn't see it until today. He's, I, he, I'm so he's happy. He's doing an excellent that. job of he is doing getting the content job. out. Yeah, I, I, I see know. it. It's, you, I, I like I like. He can't go post. back to school. He's done with school. No, I mean, he's going to stay with us. Hey, no, uh, but I mean, I, I think uh, I'm really appreciating you, you having me on because, um, again, I just like you know sharing this for what it can do for people. Um it's really cool right now in my practice. I'm getting people driving an hour, an hour and a half to come see wow, me. Cool. But I do want to say if you're listening, because I know you have listeners all over the place. So if you're listening to this and you live in Vancouver or Los Angeles or Chicago or Our number you know, Alberta, two country right now for some reason is Thailand. Thailand. Okay. If you're listening in Thailand <laughs> and, and you, you have questions, send me the questions. I may be able to help you find a chiropractor that works the way I do where you live that can, if you're... Because usually, you know, people are you guys hear know this each and other. Go, oh, maybe you know, I got that digestive, I got asthma, I got um, sciatica. No one's been able to help me. Maybe this chiropractor can send cool. me somewhere, help me and find you're right. somewhere. We do, that can we get do me get people help, all across know? the country. So please don't hesitate to reach out, and I'll try to match you. Because again, if you're listening to this, and then you go down the street and see a chiropractor who only does exercise therapy, you're not going to get adjusted. You're not going to have that. Not that that's wrong to get exercise therapy, but you're not going to get the experience that we're talking about today. Cool. With, you know, getting adjusted. So awesome. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Pete. Thanks for we'll, having me. Yeah, we'll do it again soon. It was awesome. Hey, everyone. It's Tom Kradzis. So hopefully, you enjoyed Dr. Pete. We're obviously big fans. I just like the guy. I like talking to him. We always have a good time chatting. Um, we didn't even go through a tenth of the material that he brought. So listen, I'm going to leave it out there that if anyone has questions for him at all, um, send us an email at podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com or update any of our social media stuff on Instagram or YouTube um, or Facebook and we'll make sure that we record those questions and ask him those questions on the next time that he is on the show I'm not sure exactly when that's going to be but um, there's, a, there's a ton to talk about with him so we'll leave it at that If remember if you have any real estate information that you're looking for you can find a whole ton of it at rockstarinnercircle.com Circle.com. Um, we have a whole bunch of episodes lined up. 
We are going to take a little bit of a break right in the middle of the summer, kind of end of July, beginning of August. Nick and I are bringing some of our podcasting equipment to Croatia, so we might do an episode right in the middle of the summer there and release it. We'll see how that goes. Um, but in the meantime, we do have more episodes coming your way. Thanks for all the feedback. If you haven't had an opportunity to leave us a, um, a, a, a review on iTunes yet, please do so. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you soon. Until next time, your life, your terms. <laughs>